1: This is winning cures everything. Here's your host Gary Seegers.
2: Welcome to the Winning Cures Everything Daily Show. It is Wednesday, April seventeenth. I'm your host Gary Seegers. You can follow me on Twitter at Gary W C E. You can follow the show at Winning Cures or over on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Winning Cures Everything. Or make it easy on yourself, Everything the YouTube podcast. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, everything else is over at winningcureseverything.com. Let's give you a rundown on what we're going to talk about today. Uh, If this is your first time checking out the show, uh, make sure and comment in. Leave some nice reviews. All that wonderful stuff. Big D, what's up? I see you watching. Uh, Jump on in. Share the show out if you would. Be so kind. Uh, Today's show, we're talking about Joe Oliva stepping down. The AD at, at LSU is stepping down. Uh, AAF files for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Uh, ESPN released their FPI Top 10 and their percentages to win the national championship next year. And the Pac-12 network president says that the point is to not make money. That is interesting. And I'm going to give you some daily picks afterwards. We, uh, we had a pretty good night last night. Um, let's go ahead and talk about this. MyBookie.ag presents the show every day Promo code WCE50, 50% deposit bonus. If you go sign up at mybookie.ag, go check it out for yourself. It's the best online sportsbook layout out there. Uh, It's perfect for recreational betters. Go check it out if you just want to play around a little bit. That's the perfect site to do it. Uh, Mybookie.ag, promo code WCE50. That is a 50% deposit bonus. So. You put in a hundred bucks, they're gonna give you fifty free to play with. You put in five hundred bucks, they're gonna give you two hundred and fifty bucks to play with. You put in a thousand, they're gonna give you five hundred. Keno Sims jumping in. How you doing, buddy? All right, so YouTube is in and rolling. Let's check this out. Joe Oliva stepping down as the LSU Athletic Director. Now, before we get into whether he is fired with or without cause, whether there was anything to fire him for, um, there was only one year left on his contract. And it was pretty clear that the board of directors at LSU were not going to keep him around next year. This is only three days after they reinstated Will Wade as the men's basketball coach. I'm hearing two different stories, right? One, the board of directors wanted him out. Two, he wanted out. Um, from what? From back in 2015, the fan base has been less than happy with Joe Oliva. Because he tried to fire Les Miles after a less than successful 2015 season. If you all remember the Texas A&M game uh, with LSU in Baton Rouge, word had leaked that Les Miles was uh, playing for his job, or that it didn't matter that he was going to be fired at the end of the season anyway. That they were going after Jimbo Fisher, yada yada yada. Um, it, it the board voted to keep Les Miles. The board wanted one thing and he wanted something else and after i guess it was 2014 2015 his hands have been completely tied from boosters from the money that's coming in if you all remember back forever ago uh there has been i think it was 2016 that they were threatening to shut down the school because of an education deficit um this was he has not been able to run his own athletic department for a long time because the decisions that he wanted to make were not being approved by the people above him that funded the athletics department. So, from... um, He has been upset at Will Wade in this whole situation that came up from the FBI uh, wiretap situation. And... Because Will Wade would not come speak to him, he wanted to fire Will Wade. Will Wade hired an attorney, uh, hired a different attorney, came back to LSU, found a way to explain away this mess, which there's no real way to explain it. He was offering money to players, and he was caught on tape with it. But the lawyers then told Joe Oliva that they cannot fire him for cause. Oliva, had the money been in there, in the, uh, the budget, I guess, would have fired Wade with or without cause because of this. Wade's job, not Wade, I'm sorry, Oliva's job is to protect the integrity of the university. That is what he wants to do. He wants to run a clean ship. It, nothing has gone right for him since 2015, since the end of 2015. So he wanted out. The fan base has not been happy with him. He has not been happy with the Board of Trustees and with the university. He has uh, he kind of brought this upon himself. He hired Will Wade. He messed up the Tom Herman situation at LSU and ended up basically hiring Ed Orgeron out of spite, which it's worked out okay, but it's kind of hard not to win at LSU, right? I mean, they've constantly got talent. Um, The basketball program is a little bit different, but they've at least got some history and tradition. This, from what I hear, Oliva is pissed that he cannot run the athletic department uh, the way that he wants. After the lawyers told him that he can't fire Wade, after the board of trustees told him that he can't fire Les Miles, it it puts him in a bad situation it puts the university behind the eight ball as far as athletics goes. This season was ridiculously successful for their athletic department. Softball has been doing well. Baseball is always good. Gymnastics was great. Basketball won an SEC championship. Football won 11 games and and won a uh, New Year's Six Bowl. You can't get much better than that. So, Oliva, as far as what he has been doing, it's working. But when things come up and he is not allowed to make the decisions, that's what he's mad about. And the Board of Trustees looks at it a different way and A lot of them are still not happy with that Orgeron, with that hire, and yet he won 11 games last year. So it's a a strange circumstance. I think that this was a mutual parting. So this article by The Advocate uh, down in New Orleans and and Baton Rouge uh, says that if Oliva is fired without cause, he is entitled to 100% of his remaining base salary, which is $650,000. LSU must pay Oliva 35% of the balance which is about $227,000, uh, within 30 days of the termination, and the rest will be paid in equal monthly payments over the next 30 months. Now, a funny part about this uh, story that came out from Glenn Gullabo. Uh, I, I may be saying that completely wrong. I've been reading this stuff forever, never heard his name pronounced. Uh, his quote of the day was from LSU former board member Stanley Jacobs, who left a year ago. He said, I tried to take a leave out years ago, but I swung and missed and now it looks like the board and administration have finally got it, if the story's true. I tried fervently to take him out. The board was done with him after the Les Miles fiasco, and especially after he hired Ed Orgeron just at the drop of a hat, right? The the search for a new head coach in football was a disaster, and he wanted a shot to go hire a different basketball coach and was told that he can't do anything because they're not going to pay the money to fire him with cause. It's just a disaster. Um, But I think this has been a long time coming. Everybody knew that that fan base didn't like Joe Oliva. Joe Oliva was tired of the job. Uh, Remember, Oliva got the job in a very weird circumstance back in 2008. The search firm that the university hired recommended four people, and he was not one of those four people. The president of the school at the time, who resigned in 2012... uh, He is the one that recommended Oliva, even though board members and and everybody else were a little uh, suspect of him because he was at Duke with the Duke lacrosse situation. Um, He is the one that hired uh, David Cutcliffe at Duke, and you see that. I mean, that's worked out great. So I think the LSU football program and basketball program and the entire athletic department have been better with him being there. there's no way else to say it. I mean, he has done a fantastic job with this. But, uh, yeah, he he was not happy with not being able to run it the way that he wants. The board of trustees were not happy because he was not on the same page with them. This was a mutual parting. And I I, I think we all expected it to happen at some point uh, because his contract was never going to be renewed next year. Never going to be renewed. Let's jump into the AAF. They filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. Uh, now, this was in response to, if you've seen on Twitter, Facebook, everything else, ton of lawsuits coming at the AAF from former players, former employees, third-party vendors, all these people that are getting, uh, they're not getting the money that they were promised on the front end. Well, the reason for that, the AAF, filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy, and in the filings, the league claims assets of $11.3 million, but liabilities of $48.3 million. According to the documents, the league only has $536,000 in cash. They owe all of this money, and they only have five... Now, this is why the investor was brought in, right? It, these... First-time companies that come out as quickly as they did and spend money just ridiculously like they have, the TV contracts paid next to nothing. Um, But they were still on and they were still distributed, and we could all watch, which was good. But uh, this was just a fantastic uh, example of mismanagement. We'll call it mismanagement. Uh, go read the article over at CBS Sports. Ben Kirkavall, uh wrote it up. It, it's search for AAF files for Chapter 7 bankruptcy. I mean, it's unbelievable what you will read in this. It's just, I can't even put it into words. It's crazy. Uh, ESPN, their college football team, put out the FPI Top 10. Let's, uh, let's talk about this. Uh, Clemson is the early favorite. So here's... I'll just go through the top 10 and then I'll give you the percentages, okay? Uh, Clemson is number one. Alabama is number two. Georgia, three. LSU, four. Michigan, five. Oklahoma, six. Notre Dame, seven. Florida, eight. Auburn, nine. Oregon, ten. I think everybody was a little surprised with Auburn being up there. Uh, But maybe not that surprising. I mean, they do have a lot of talent. That is five SEC teams in the top 10. Uh, Alabama plays LSU and Auburn, Georgia plays Auburn, Florida uh and I believe that's it. And then somebody will meet in the SEC Championship game. The percentages. Clemson has an 83% chance to make the playoff. Alabama has a 71% chance, and that is based solely on schedule, right? Uh Kino jumps in total mismanagement with the AAF. Uh do you think or what do you think of the XFL? the second time around. Uh, look, XFL, I think, is in a better spot because they have money, right? Vince McMahon, we've talked on this show before, Vince McMahon has got $375-plus seventy-five plus million already in his pocket from WWE stock that he has sold in order to make sure that he's got a bankroll for this. The AAF went into this with no money and with just a promise from investors without actual money. So... The XFL, I think, will be successful. And another reason will be their distribution partners, ESPN and Fox, are going to be ten times better. You're going to hear more about the uh, the league. It's in bigger cities. Uh, they don't necessarily need fan support, but they're going to get it anyway because of WWE fans and people that want spring football. Like, the ratings show, yeah, you're going to run into some competition with NBA, with the Masters, with stuff like that. But in the long haul... The XFL is going to be significantly more successful. Uh, We'll see if they keep it around longer than just a few years. But we'll go from there. All right, so back to college football here. Uh, Clemson, 83% to make the uh, CFP. Alabama, 71%. And that is based specifically on schedule. The reason for that. Alabama, of course, I mentioned they got to play two top ten teams and then a third in the SEC championship game. That doesn't even include Texas A&M. Clemson, however. I just want to roll through this schedule for you. They played Georgia Tech at home, Texas A&M at home, at Syracuse, Charlotte at North Carolina, Florida State at home, at Louisville, Boston College, Wofford at NC State, Wake Forest, and at South Carolina. Their most difficult games are two SEC games. That is remarkable to me. They play A&M at home who is still kind of in a building mode for Jimbo Fisher, they play at South Carolina. That's other world kind of stuff, right? It, you, you can't make this up. So Clemson, more than likely, going to make the playoff. 83% chance to make the playoff. Um, the percentage to win the national championship. Clemson is 36%. Alabama, 27%. Georgia at 8%. Then you've got Michigan at 7 LSU with 6 Oklahoma with five, uh, Notre Dame with four, Oregon and Florida both with one percent. Uh, Kino jumps in. He said, "I think the Florida State game will be a trap game. I like Willie Taggart as much as the next guy. Florida State doesn't have a quarterback. They just don't have a quarterback. And the offensive line play was dreadful last year, and I've seen nothing to show that it will improve a whole lot this year. I I just I don't see how Florida State goes to Clemson." And beats, Clemson. That just that, that doesn't make sense to me. I, I would love to see it happen because obviously everybody loves upsets. You want to see something crazy, something unexpected. That would be beyond the realm of unexpected. That would be otherworld. I know James Blackman, but James Blackman didn't show anything uh, in his freshman season, and he couldn't beat DeAndre Francois for the job last year. So, it, I love Blackman. I thought he's a good kid. And he, he could make some he could make some throws, but I'm still rolling with this at Clemson to make the playoff. I'll buy that. I will absolutely buy that. Uh, Michigan at seven percent to win the national championship. They are number four on this list. Kind of surprising. LSU at six percent. Again, kind of surprising. Uh, I don't I don't get it. Like I could see Oklahoma maybe up there. Their recruiting has definitely gotten better under Lincoln Riley. Notre Dame. We'll see. You know, last year they ran into a buzzsaw with Clemson, but they were able to handle everybody else. Uh, I think the schedule will be a little more difficult this year for Notre Dame. Oregon, is uh, that's an interesting one. They play Auburn in the first week of the season. Uh, After that, the Pac-12 has been a dumpster fire, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute. Um, But yeah, Florida with 1% chance. Like If they beat LSU and Georgia, uh, yeah, Sign me up. I'm all in. But I'm still a little hesitant on Felipe Franks. Let's jump into the Pac-12 network president and his mess. Mark Shukin. Hopefully I said that right. Uh, He said that the point of the Pac-12 network is not to make money. Here is his quote. He hit back at critics saying, Those who take the Pac-12 networks to task for underperforming revenue-wise are people who, quote, don't understand the objective. Shugan dismissed the view that his networks have failed to deliver for member schools. He told me today, "The intent of the networks is to amplify student athletes and their experiences." Shugan said, "The only negative he's heard that's applicable is the lack of distribution on Direct TV, but that quote doesn't define the strength of the network." What I'm so surprised by this and not surprised. It's it's the sweeping under the rug thing. It's right. It's a don't look here. Don't look behind the curtain. Uh, they want like $750 million for their media rights when it comes up here in however many years or months or whatever it is. But they are drastically underperforming as far as getting revenue for their member institutions. The point of the Pac-12 network is to distribute their content for pay to users across the country. The distribution needs to go out nationwide. I this is utter blasphemy to say that the point of these networks is not to make money. The SEC network also gets out to a wide audience all of the SEC's different sports softball, baseball, gymnastics, I mean you name it, volleyball, they're all on there. And yet, they still make money because they're distributed correctly. It, it's mind-blowing to me. The Pac-12 network has not been a success because of distribution. That is the whole point of having the network. And if you can't get it out to anybody through TV or through Comcast or whatever, Time Warner, put it online. If the point is not to make money, quit putting everything behind a paywall. Quit making it where people cannot see your games. Right? That's the biggest issue. They used to have these big top 10 matchups just a few years ago that you could not watch. People across the country could not get the People in L.A. could not see the games because they were on the Pac-12 network and nobody can get it. That is not doing the kids any favors. That, this, this whole thing is just utterly ridiculous. Uh, there's an article on that over at Awful Announcing. Uh, name of the article is Pac-12 Network's President Defends Network's Revenue Issues by Saying the Point Isn't to Make Money. Go search for that, awfulannouncing.com. Uh, they they got some pretty good stuff up there. All right, we'll roll through the picks. As always, you can go get the picks at winningcureseverything.com. Uh, you go up into the navigation bar, click on gambling picks. I got them all right there. I got eight of them for you tonight. We're going over nine on the Athletics and the Astros. Uh, last night, we were up uh, 20 bucks, so made $20.28. $20. Uh, tonight, Athletics and Astros over nine. Rockets and Celtics money line parlay, um, and I put two units on that one. Uh, Giants and Nationals, no score in the first inning. Indians, Mariners, no scores in the first inning. Bruins and Maple Leafs under six uh, goals. Bruins money line tonight, that's, uh, that's plus 105, so... Uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, not a lot of people on the Bruins. I think that they get this one this evening and even the series. Braves and Nationals Moneyline Parlay. Uh, that is plus 175. And then I've got the Pirates on the Moneyline tonight. It's minus 109. Again, go over to Winning Cures Everything. You can get the picks over there. We appreciate you guys hanging out today. It was a little bit longer than usual, but I had to get in on Joe Oliva. I had to get in on the AAF. I had to get in on the Pac-12. We love you guys. Thank you for supporting the show. Share it out if you would. Leave some nice comments. Leave some nice reviews over at your favorite podcast app, uh, especially on iTunes. Subscribe for us. We'll see you guys again tomorrow. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com. Or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at winningcures, at GaryWCE, or at Chris B Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us.
1: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant.